We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. TIC News Talk 1080. Oh, that was fun with Michael Harrison. Bob in Watertown, you've been waiting a long time. What's on your mind? Well, good afternoon. It's a great show. Uh, I got three quick things. Uh, it's not the government, it's the people. And as far as abortion goes, there are a lot of women against abortion. But I have a question for you. You always talk about big government. Mm-hmm. When did the government become big government? And was FDR a socialist? No, I would put him in the communist category, just to make it a little more dramatic, because I think he was he's probably the biggest uh, hostile force to the American system of government that we've had in elective office. LBJ, maybe, in second place. How about you? great society and i think 1984 came true and what we're talking about today is going to come true too but i have hope for the future why couldn't people be like we were perfect in every way well we have a lot of good young people out there and i got hope for the good old usa well i have hope just because i'm an optimist and because we still do have the structures of our system in place, if people were to realize that freedom is the best thing, that what the that there's nothing government has to offer us that is worth giving up what government takes, the destruction it does, and if people's eyes can be opened up, which I assume, I have to assume they can be, because that's what I do every day is try to open up people's eyes to the obvious. Seeing the obvious is hard, but people have the ability. And I feel like if we pound each other's heads enough, we can start to see clearly. 860 Thank you for that, Bob. Good to hear from you. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. I'm still coming to terms with it being Wednesday. It's a little equilibrium messer-upper for me that it's already Wednesday. But the good news is joining us right now is Kimberly Fiorello, state representative from Greenwich. And I like talking to Kimberly, one, because she's a delightful human being, but two, because she's smart 
and she holds elective office, and she believes in the American system of government. And those three things just don't correspond and correlate into a single human entity very often. So, Kimberly, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks so much. I am, I am seeking re-election. As you mentioned, I am in elected office, so I'd love to um, talk about my campaign and get support from your listeners. This is your first re-election run, as I understand it, correct? Yes, and they say that this is when you're most vulnerable, and if I can get through this this election, re-election, then um, then I the rest become secure. easier. <laughs> yeah, well, then it's true. No, is there is there somebody? I forget what happened. How did this seat open up that you got into it? Did somebody uh, retire? This, was an incumbent um, who held the office for 20 years, very well respected in our community down here in Greenwich. Yep. And she retired after 10 terms. So it was an open seat. And you an and you won it fair and square straight up against a Democrat who was spewing the normal <laughs> leftist anti-American nonsense. Well, I did. I ran against our Board of Education vice chairwoman in Greenwich. And uh, I don't know how fair and square it was because obviously the election's on a Tuesday um, they were counting the absentee ballots. This is the, you know, mid-COVID <laughs> election. And on Saturday, they called me to Stanford. My district covers Greenwich and Stanford, and they uh, found 500 more votes in Stanford. But I still did win, so that was good. Yeah, and well, I, I, so so it was even more fair and more square because it showed how many votes they counted for you before that. So, so Kimberly, you, um, that's great that it happened like that, and it's who's. Is, is that same person? No, she retired. So the one who ran against you last time, is that person running again? She is not. She now is the chair of our Board of Education, and she declined to run. There's a mm -hmm. new lady um, on the Democrat side who is running against me, and um, her she doesn't really, um, I'm not sure what she's done in our community, but I do have an opponent. It's good that, that it's a changed opponent because it's hard. You know, elections elections are hard things to win your first time out, so it's impressive that you did it the first time out. Does it, how does it feel to you running for a second time? Does it, does it seem like it's equally as daunting or that, that it's more familiar and, and uh, a lot of the machinery is in place for you? I, it's, I, you know, I would love to say I've done it before and I'm a pro now. But um, it still feels like I'm trying to figure out what are the best practices of running campaigns. I, I do have a sense now that politics, there is a talent and a skill to it. So I do try to learn and pay attention. I, I learn, think more about marketing and how to sell my mm -hmm. ideas, you know, the principles that we all stand for. And so now I'm trying to sell myself as a candidate uh, make myself, you know, attractive, but convey uh, who I really am to the people in the middle. I, I know I have a tremendous amount of support in my community for those um, who know, you know, how I've been voting and what I've been fighting for. Um, and then equally, I have a lot of um, detractors who, you know, really uh, don't like um, the kinds of votes I take or what I stand for. So uh, we, we are engaging in a vigorous battle of ideas <laughs> and campaigning for the folks in the middle uh, who vote in the 149th district. 
We're talking to Kimberly Fiorella. She's the state rep for just one term running for re-election from Greenwich. So what do you want people here to know? What can people do to help? Well, you know, I, I am really running again uh, because I believe I helped to start a movement for an American majority. It's I often when you and I talk, I'm I'm not really saying like Republican talking points as much as trying to say like these are actually American talking points or or people who care about freedom talking points. So you know I I would like to think I help to bring together an American majority. I can't tell you how many what a vast swath of our society stood with me when I pushed back on the zoning overreach in our community, and also um, as I fought for uh, Money Follows a Child when I tried to and did stop um, the Democrats from doing this thing called double counting in education. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they really tried to push that through, and they didn't get it through. And the worst of the zoning bills, um, we stopped that too. And so I feel that um, th- there's clear evidence right there that you can stop bad ideas. Um, so I'm running again to uh, advance the voice and values of the American majority, you know, who wants practical solutions. Well, also liberty-based solutions, right? Ones based on small government and freedom, not the oppression that seems to be favored now by the Democrats. Yes, yeah, liberty-based, yeah. Yeah. So so I like what you just said, though, because I think what you're saying, Kimberly, is that when you speak clearly and stand for things that are important and good, that you become a, 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 a magnetic force. There's some kind of gravitational power that you have where the electorate can see you, and if they agree with you, they, they circle around you and, and support you. And that this is, uh, this is how you gain political power and build a political brand, by being something real and legitimate and concrete that there's big demand for. I, I definitely feel the encouragement and uh, the people who stand with me. I've, you know, every time I do a Zoom or I put together a rally, people come from, you know, far away. And uh, I'm just really grateful. Um, also, I'm not using the um, taxpayer-funded campaign program that our state has. I know it's helpful to many candidates, but that program means that, you know, like I'm helping to pay for Senator Looney's campaign, or I'm helping to pay for my opponent's campaign, who is taking the taxpayer-funded grant. And I want those who support me to support me. I don't want to, you know, have Democrats or, or well, I can't say that either, because I have Democrats who support me. But, but you're, you're saying you don't want it to be part from the machinery of government, the financing of your campaign, because it contradicts your values as an elected official, right, as a political person. Yes, and, you know, I'm excited to go back for a second term in the Connecticut General Assembly, and I really hope your listeners um, who have heard the work I've been doing, I'm, I really welcome and I need their support. I can't so, um, do this on my own. Does this mean you, you will be running you with less assets than your opponents, say, or that you would well, have, have had if you were in the system? I have less guaranteed assets, so I only have for my campaign how much I can raise. Yes, um, I can, and I'm putting you know my own money in as well to um, to supplement. You know, to, right, mm-hmm. and so I can have less, 
than her if if I'm under the grant amount, which is about $40,000, or I could have more, Mm -hmm. depending on how much support I have. But I also appreciate that flexibility because, um, you know, it's, it's a... It's my campaign, and if you do the grant program, you're under a lot of scrutiny because you're using public funds. Yes. Um, but as a privately funded, private meaning not taxpayer funded, right. um, I have leeway to be more creative. I can spend money on digital ads and then do it again in the second round if I feel like I need it. But um, I, I like the freedom of being able to uh, raise as much as I need. So... Well, there's also it also falls in line with your value system of of uh, liberty based government, small government, and and also being somebody who stands up for your principles. So the idea that your the idea that your campaign is something unique and is an extension of you and your character, I think, is supported by your desire to finance by going out and raising the money from your supporters from the marketplace, the old fashioned way, instead of Instead of the incumbent election rigging scheme that I think the uh, the state the state system of financing elections is, and like so many rule, so many of these laws, like you say, they start out with good intentions, but they do have um, you know kind of poor or malintended uh, outcomes. Because what has happened is uh, the Connecticut electorate, I think that you know the only skin in the game they have to have to support state candidates is five dollars or ten dollars and when it comes time to support someone for federal races you know our our side is very hard to fundraise because um you know we've gotten out of the practice of understanding how important these races are and how they actually take thousands of dollars that each of us have to um you know make the sacrifice these candidates who run for these offices, they put a lot into it, and they're really doing it so that you don't have to. And um, it would be very helpful, for, and I really feel for our congressional candidates, and I'm trying to help them as much as I can as well, mm-hmm. uh, because I know you cannot run a good race without money. And like anything, it takes good money, whether you know, you're going to build a school or build a business, you need people to invest in you. And um, we have great people who are willing to step out and serve, whether, you know, we serve as firemen or policemen or as lawmakers. And um, this citizen's election program, for all its good intentions, has sort of made our electorate think that it only takes $5 to support candidates. So I I am very opposed to that campaign, to that program. Mm -hmm. Um, We're the only state in the country um, that does it. And I know um, Congressman Himes wanted to take it federal, but it is not a great program. You, you know, you want to run for office, you got to get out and, and sell yourself. And, and at the same time, you want, you know, like I said, the donors to understand that they are a part of the process. You know, the pain is equal. They got to um, put some of their treasure towards supporting good candidates. Yeah, well, that's good. We're talking to Representative Kimberly Fiorello. You, I'm trying to remember your website. Where should people go? Yeah, this is uh, this is my campaign now. So it's KimberlyFiorelloCT.com. Kimberly, L-Y, and then Fiorello, like LaGuardia, uh, CT.com. That, and um, uh, I really appreciate, you know, folks' support. 
it is, uh, it's not easy to run for office. N- nothing worth doing is easy, and I think so many of us know that. And um, I appreciate all the Atta girls that I get, so thank you. <laughs> well, that's nice. All right, anything else you want us to know? Um, not, no, just that I'm very excited to, you know, get engaged in this campaign, and please um, support me, send me back, and I'll keep fighting to build the American majority. That, that is what's going to change Connecticut. You know, I don't, I don't want to get depressed thinking about the numbers of Republicans. I get excited thinking about, you know, the vast three and a half million Americans in our state. What is uh, the American majority? I like the language, but where did that come from? Um, <laughs> I have to say I got it from Newt Gingrich, but uh, I, I just I think it really encapsulates what I'm what we're all trying to do, which is fight for ideas that stand for what America stands for. And I, and I don't mean that those are just Republican ideas. Those are ideas that are attractive to um, Americans in general. Well, there weren't Democrats and Republicans when we started out. There were founders and and rebels, I guess, who supported them, and and that that's how America got started. So, what you're the American majority, I think, is hearkening back to those early values that were propelled into the world's consciousness by by the founding fathers who put together this small government, small. Well, anti-centralized power model that uh, we've we've allowed to slip into ill repair, but but uh, I think there's a strong movement to move us back towards. Totally, all men are created equal, individual sovereignty, just revolutionary, radical ideas that are so true and honest and beautiful, and led to you know the great country that we are. I mean, America is good. Americans are good. Our ideas are good. And Connecticut is a great place. And we're going to, um, you know, I'm going to go back for a second term and keep building on um, what we know is good and true. All right. Go to Kimberly Fiorello CT dot com. Com. All right. Dot com. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you so much, Todd. Thank you. Great to talk with you. We'll see you next week. That is Kimberly. She joins us every week, and uh, mostly because she's it's this combination, unique combination of state representative elected as a Republican, but one who is driven by values and and the belief in America and the American system that we've been talking about, um, and and that's just such an unusual thing. That if you if somebody who has those values stands up for the things I most of the time anyway that conservatives think they believe in, you know the, the the language doesn't necessarily automatically overlap, but if somebody says they believe in in liberty or they believe in the founding principles, that pretty closely aligns a lot of the time with conservatism, and I think the most important things that conservatives believe in but it it also connects you to principles that are fairly clear there are conservatives who believe in big government or they may not espouse belief in it but they pursue it and they vote for things that are big and abhorrent to the notion of the american system so we got to watch out for that and that's why i like that language 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Todd Feinberg Show. Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Good afternoon. Have you you followed this case in New Haven? This guy who was arrested for illegal possession of a gun, thrown in the back of a paddy wagon, taken to the police station, and on the way they slammed on the brakes and they've released video now from the back of the paddy wagon it's remarkable they've got this guy sitting in the back of a of a van on this slick steel surface that that is a bench that goes front to back in the in the back of the van it's like an alley and he's sitting in this alley sideways and when the guy slams on the brake he he slides down towards the front wall of the paddy wagon towards where the driver is he's sliding down this bench at a fairly high rate of speed and and he tips over and his head hits first and you can see it's he takes a blow and they're saying maybe he's paralyzed but it's quite remarkable for the chain of events and and comments that follows there's there's audio of him yelling for help and and the guy driving screaming at him that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna open the door now as (laughs) like he can't be troubled having to go through the the deal of unlocking the door and doing all that he says well we'll deal with it when we get to the station but but the police say that he that they're required to call an ambulance if somebody is injured while riding in there but the remarkable part well first remarkable part for me is that he's not attached to anything he's sitting there in handcuffs so he's he's got his hands behind his back and he's not in a position to protect himself when 
the brake gets slammed on, and he goes sliding across the van, or it could have been worse. He could have gone flying across, but either way, they say he may be paralyzed from his injuries. Like These people are just so irresponsible. And if you read the story, I read the story, uh, I think the first one I read this morning was from WTNH, and virtually every comment they had in the story from from the from New Haven was was about how oh they're going to really research this to make sure it doesn't happen again, and I'm thinking what are you talking about happening again? It just happened, and it shouldn't have happened. How about investigating to find out why it happened? Are there not supervisors who check on the people who are driving around, arresting people, serious arrests, a guy with a gun, an illegal gun? Then they take them to the police station, and they reportedly throw them into a holding cell, I think, and leave them on the ground until paramedics come for them. I mean, what is going on? Where, again, is the management of these organizations? Well, we're going to look into it to make sure it doesn't happen again. But it just happened. Why did it just happen? Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. The more you look at government, the more you study what they do, the more appalling and irresponsible and vulgar they are. Back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. What's up? Wednesday afternoon. Glad to have you here. 860-522-9842. Joe Markley joins us every week at this time, which is fun. Joe Markley used to be in the state senate, so he knows how the the the, the cesspool of, of state government works. He won't call it that, but that's my word for it. And it, it's just gross how this stuff functions, Joe. Have you followed this New Haven story at all? You know, I, I heard about it, and just now when I heard you talking about it, I, I, I looked it up. Um, I love the New Haven Independent. I don't know if you ever read that uh, paper. Um, really one of the one of the best kind of beaten in the pavement community uh, Local papers, paper, online yeah. paper. Yeah, and I was just reading the story about it in there. You know, it it, it is um, the the I, I want to say on one hand the poor police who have been under siege obviously from all sides, and yet you would think that this would make them extremely sensitive to situations like this to handle them exactly. Yeah, but correctly. let's be clear about our our verbiage here when you're talking yeah. about the police. What you meant, I think, in that was police departments, but as as opposed to the actual police officers. And I think it's important to differentiate, because I, I don't think poorly of police officers. I think poorly of the systems within which they're forced to reside and, and function. And, and I think those systems are appalling because they're part of city government and state government and the whole shebang of ugly state politics. And what you see when you look at these cases is that that the most basic sort of management uh, techniques and protocols aren't in use it's like looking at the uvalde shootings and and 
the 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 disgusting negligence and whatever malfeasance that went on there. But doesn't it seem again not to dump on individual police officers, but doesn't it seem like these failings, both in in the shooting in Texas and in New Haven, were very much at the individual level? I mean, in, in New Haven, the driver was supposed to stop and call an ambulance if anyone was injured, but instead he drove to the lockup. And when he got there, uh, the guys that got in basically treated the fellow like he was, they, you know, somebody said, oh, he's just drunk, and they picked him up, which you probably don't want to be doing when somebody has a neck injury, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know that they were following the procedure. I think they were Yes, they but, were but the procedures, if you don't have a system in place to make sure procedures are followed, then the procedures just become a cover story. They're just rules in a manual that you show to the public to show them what a responsible system you have. And and they're not actually what's what's practiced, and they're not reflective of the true nature of the government. They're just a cover-up. So if you don't have a guy driving around, for example, who's a supervisor, when somebody with an illegal weapon is being arrested, does not the, the, the senior officer is out in a patrol car swing by at the arrest and make sure things are being done properly? And when somebody gets brought into a lockup, Who's who's reported they have an injury? Is that not reported to the whoever the lieutenant who's on duty, you know, managing the department at that point? And and is he not going to check? So so all these things can happen because you either have bad management in place. The management is doing all these things and they're the problem because they're not doing them doing what should be done or they're just sitting somewhere with their feet up, not wanting to be bothered while people do their own bad stuff. And and Joe, you're right that there's human failure. There there's failure of people to do what they're supposed to do. But that will happen in any system. You you want the system to encourage good behavior from good people. And from the uh, larger volume of good behavior that's created from the the intersection of good policy and good people, then the bad people feel compelled to do the good thing. And and, and so culture What's that? A healthy culture, yes. Yes. A, a cultural of, of, of success within, a, within an agency or an organization. Right. Thank you for saying it in a short way. You know, it's funny thing. One of the strange things about this, of course, I've seen enough movies and TV shows where they're showing people in the back of a paddy wagon all mm-hmm. sitting like that sideways. And I never thought too much about, well, what happens if they slam on the brakes? But it's strange that it, you, you would think if there's one place where you would restrain people, not simply for their own safety, but on, on general principle, it would be in the back of a, a police wagon like that. It's strange that you'd say, we're going to handcuff you, but we're not going to put a seatbelt around you. Well, why not? Because you don't want the guys running around back there anyways. Well, that's another thing. So in the old days, who would have thought twice about it? We Everybody looked down upon those automatically who were being arrested if you were in the paddy wagon whatever happened to you was your problem was our attitude in the old days but now we live in a a litigious time where it costs taxpayers tons of money to pay off lawsuits from like this guy i'll get him some kind of multi-million dollar settlement perhaps and that that comes out of taxpayers pockets so we need to be protected from that. There should be a new system in place now. We live in a world of seatbelts. We live in a world of airbags, even. Yeah. And and if you're going to restrain somebody so they can't protect themselves when you slam on the brakes, 
then you darn well better provide some kind of supplemental restraint to make sure they're safe when you're uh, maybe doing some bad driving. It, I have a feeling that this fellow is probably going to be collecting a lawsuit from the city of New Haven that will cost them more than all the restraints they can install on all their paddy wagons. Yes, even if they had to install them retroactively through the whole history of paddy wagons, this one case yeah. will cost them more. I know you didn't want to talk about that, but it was just on my mind because uh, it feeds into this whole, you know, feeds into the Evaldi story and all that. But I forget what you wanted to talk about. Well, it it, it doesn't matter because we almost always get off on what you're talking about anyways because it's interesting. <laughs> but once in a while, but, it's good for you to be able to drive in your own direction. Hey, well, I, one of the things I was going to mention, and because it was, it's been in the news the last few days, is the question of the independent party of Connecticut. And the fact that um, Bob Stefanowski, who had that endorsement four years ago, would like to get it again. And I just wanted to mention a little bit for people that are curious about it, um, the history, a little bit about the history of the Independent Party and why it matters and how this is all playing out. Mm -hmm. And I feel almost uniquely qualified to talk about it because mm -hmm. I've been involved with the Independent Party going back to uh, 2010. It was founded by a man named Dr. Robert Fan down in Danbury, a real patriot, a hardcore conservative. And he set it up kind of as his personal uh, fiefdom, not to be hard on Dr. Fan, but he wanted an organization he could control. Mm -hmm. And it was a, it's been a big success, Todd, because of its name as much as anything, because people say, people go in to register. This happened to my nephew. And they said, how do you want to register? Independent. So, he didn't mean the independent There's confusion party. right off the bat. There's confusion right off the bat. So a number of people don't even realize that they went in and they registered as independent, and they are now a member of a political party. <laughs> Obviously, you register as unaffiliated if you don't want to be a member of a political party. But the result of that is that the independent party is the third biggest party in the state of Connecticut behind the Democrats and the Republicans. It has something like 20,000 registered voters. And as because of that, it's a it's it's it has become a kind of a valuable thing. And when Dr. Fand died, um, something like uh, ten years ago now, uh, there was a kind of a, a struggle who's going to wrestling take the party match over. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it has ended up in the hands of some folks out of Waterbury, who I also know. Mike Telesa is kind of the head of it. And Telesa's image, Fand wanted to rule it as a, his own personal thing and use it to help conservative candidates. Um, Telesa, um, I think, would like to start another party, a real party that has involvement and so forth. And um, But it's a tough thing to do. And four years ago, what they did for governor was they had a caucus, which was open to any member of the independent party that showed up. Um, several candidates went there and sought the endorsement, and the caucus voted for Stefanowski and for me for lieutenant governor. And part of that was because there was an effort on the part of the Stefanowski campaign to turn out members of the independent party who were favorable to Bob Stefanowski. Mm -hmm. um, this time around, it's not clear how that's going to go, but it's a, it's a considerable struggle because uh, an important struggle because, um, because of the ballot got, lines, right? Yeah. And Stefanowski got about 25,000 votes last time on the independent line. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't a decisive number, but it was a considerable number. And the feeling always has been, there's a certain number of people whose hand would drop off if they tried to, fill in the Republican 
mm-hmm. uh, line. But if, if you're on the independent line, they'll vote for you. And I, I had people knocking on doors that said, oh, if you're on the independent party line, I'll vote for you because they saw it as being a, a something different, you know, a third force. Yeah. So there's going to be a fight over that. And I think that Telesa has a candidate, uh, a, a guy named Rob Hodling, um, who's a, a mid-level executive with a, a, I don't know if it's an insurance company um, in Connecticut. And um, he's the kind of guy that could draw some votes. I mean, if I were Stefanowski, I would be a little concerned about Hodling getting on the ballot and maybe not taking all 25,000 votes away from me, but maybe 10 or 15,000 of them. And what um, would be the, uh, what, what's the upside for the independent party to run its own candidate versus using that line to help Bob Stefanowski become governor? What would they be weighing as they decide how to handle that? Well, I think that the current vision of the independent party um, is let's try to develop our own identity. For a number of years, it was really a um, kind of an answer. It was a it was in thrall to the Republicans. It either endorsed the Republican or it didn't endorse anyone. Um, because of these folks out of Waterbury, uh, Telesa and, and some others, they um, they influenced it to run their own candidates in a few races here and there in 2010, 2014. Um, I think their vision is to say, let's go out and try to form a real party that will seek its own candidates. It's, you know, it's probably an impossible task. I don't think that, I don't think there's room and I don't think there's opportunity in Connecticut to get a real third party going. And if you look around the country, there is no such thing. The other places where they have, you know, they have a conservative party and a liberal party in New York they're essentially uh, vassals of the of the Republican and the Democratic Party as well. So, but, I think well, do you think there could be an opportunity if you positioned it? If there were a person who yeah. was somebody who could make real inroads, but was viewed as centrist enough, like uh, the the guy who passed away, who was a candidate uh, three years ago, what was his name? Oz Griebel. Yeah, Oz. So, if you were Oz and you and you were the independent party nominee and you could collect 20 percent of the vote or something like that but with it being unclear where you got those votes from and maybe there being a feeling that they came halfway from each side because i think both sides look at oz as somebody who was a you know potential spoiler for their side it could have gone either way if you had somebody like that couldn't they build up to where there could a tipping point could be reached and one of the parties might be abandoned that well, um, that's a big jump. But I'd say the first thing I'd say is when you talk about that, you're really talking about a cult of personality. In other mm-hmm. words, are there individuals who are popular enough in the state that they could um, that they could draw votes on their own, not because they're a member of the independent? Oz got the votes Oz was going to get. It wouldn't have mattered whether he was on the right, Oz line right. or the independent. Yes, party but if line. that had been a significant enough tally that it would have served the purposes of both of them, he would have had the platform of the independent party and maybe picked up some more votes and and they would have gotten more prestige because he would have been a stronger candidate i guess the other way to go would be to lob uh, like say cooperate with bob and help bob get elected and and at the same time maybe run some state rep candidates or build it up from the bottom up well yes the one thing you could do especially is to say where are there unchallenged people on either party, mm-hmm. you know, where there's only a Democratic candidate or a Republican candidate, and let's put people into those races. 
to go back to Oz for a second, the trouble with this, with your notion, which I, I mean, it's a sensible one, but I don't think it really works. Oz Griebel was a pretty good candidate for an outsider. You know, he was a legitimate guy. He was reasonably well known, but he still didn't make any impression in the end. Um, the only people that have run as independents that have that have actually won have been um, Joe Lieberman when he lost the Democratic nomination, right? And Lowell Weicker. So yeah, I, I only cases. mentioned um, Oz yeah. as an example. He was yeah. too innocuous and institutional at a time where the anti-institutional candidate was what there was lust for. So, I, I you know, he wasn't in particular the right guy. But I'm just sort of playing with this idea of 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 the role this strange party plays and how it can be a disruptor but it seems like there's no way for it to really become a force unto itself i don't think so todd and i, I and i think i think mike Teles, i think is, is sincerely would like to make it a force and but i think he might be taking on an impossible task and in fact at this point having gone very much in the direction of saying everything's going to be done by caucuses, which are open to everybody. Mm-hmm. He's kind of backing away from it because it's such an operation to try to put these it's, it's a lot of work, together yeah. and draw your members out and, and, and so forth. It's just yeah. a big thing to uh, chew off. I'll tell you, you know, you know who could run on the independent party? You know what kind of person you'd need to draw attention to it is a radio talk show host. Somebody that's got a microphone that's got a following. Well, let's um, go. <laughs> now the trouble is, you can't be on the radio if you're uh, running for office, can you? Yes, you would have to get off before you did it. But you'd have who to would give up this up? Steam. Who would give this up for a life in politics? Come on, Joe Markley. You know, you've tried them both. You know how much easier this is. It's a. I think it's not only it, it, easier I think and it's more a little fun. easier. It, it's a different challenge, but I think it's a lot more influential. I think, That's who. I've got to hold you right there. I'm sorry, or I will lose all my influence, Joe Markley. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you again next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 